you only have two options. You either change and survive, or you stay the same and you suffer. And we all live in both those worlds. There are some things that we're like ready to change. And then there are days where it's like, I can't make one more change. Hi everyone, I'm Sid Sharice. And I'm David Bosher. And you're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. Where we teach you to salon differently. Listen, selling retail is only worth it if you're making money. The truth is, stocking shelves and carrying one or two brands is just not cutting it anymore. Besides, the commission payout sucks. We have partnered with Salon Interactive to take away the stress of retailing while still putting money back into the pockets of hairdressers. Salon Interactive is a free online marketplace where you can choose to sell whatever brands you love to your clients and followers. The best part is that you'll make a large commission with no overhead. Visit saloninteractive.com DTH to get started for free today. Let us introduce you to one of our favorite product companies, Reverie. Reverie is hair care for all humans, no matter your hair type. Their clean and innovative formulas nurture the integrity of your hair for unrivaled results. Reverie is made intentionally in California. Their mindfully sourced vegan ingredients and environmentally friendly packaging showcases their commitment to creating alchemy in a bottle. Reverie was created in 2011 by Garrett Markinson and continues to be a family-owned and operated business to this day. Tap the link in the episode description to get connected with our friends over at Reverie. We're going to talk about the thing that everybody is talking about and dreading (laughs) and fearing and freaking out and give you a little advice on that and how it's not going to be as scary as we think. The recession. I have a lot of thoughts about this. Same. Number one, I hear everyone talking about it. And I think it's kind of like when you watch the news and it's like they make it really dramatic. So you click on the headlines and you, Mm -hmm. you know, you sign up for the subscription so you can keep an eye on the pending recession. I want to point out, I'm not denying that there isn't a recession, but I also want to point out that there are recessions all the time. And most of them we don't notice and some of them we do and some affect us more than others for example the pandemic was a recession one of the largest recessions big one that none of us were prepared for right mentally yeah we didn't talk about it as a recession we talked about it as a pandemic which a pause that's what it was so what we don't realize is that the economy kind of is this living breathing thing that is affected by all types of different things. So the pandemic definitely had an effect and we're having kind of this whiplash effect that, you know, we're having like an autocorrect in the in the markets and in the world where we have to make up for all that money lost. And my partner, Josh, works in property management in New York City. People were giving away six months of free rent. Well, that's all good. And it's fine until and, it's not. <laughs> yeah, and that's and it's, Land, landlord ownership or being a landlord is also a business. Yeah, you know, so. I mean, it was good in the sense that it helped people and the government helped the landlords. But at the end of the day, all that money has to get made up somewhere, and it's going to be made up later, and it's going to be made up now. <laughs> and I think that's what we're seeing a lot of. We're not economists, so it's not like we're predicting anything. But I kind of just have this feeling. That if we all survived a pandemic to whatever degree we survived it, 
which was a recession itself, then we're, we're probably going to be able to survive this one as well. But it will require us to think differently. And I think that if you've been a Destroy the Hairdresser student, or you are a student, or you're in our community, or you've listened to our podcast for a long time, our methods are kind of recession-proof. And they were pandemic-proof because the things we were teaching were all about streamlining and reducing overhead and getting rid of touch points and all these things. That will help you grow your business during a recession because having all those extra expenses, it's not going to be possible. So I think that's maybe why if you're in Destroy the Hairdresser coaching, we're not as worried about it because we already teach to the things that you would need to do to protect yourself against a recession anyway. I want to go back to the beginning of pandemic. Some of the things that I we're don't. really talking <laughs> I don't want to go back there. Mentally, not physically. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to go there mentally, but let's just dip our toe in for a second. When everything first happened, you and I kind of saw it was like every day a student was leaving the program. Every day we were getting different kind of news. Every day something was happening. Destroy the Hairdresser has always been virtual before being virtual was what it is now. And for a second there, we were like, oh my God, like our business is over, right? Like I think all of us did. There was a lot of fear and unknown and uncertainty, but I think when the dust cleared, two things happened. One, we only lost about 20% of our students and 50% of those 20% came back within a month. They reactively left out of fear because of what they were hearing on the news and scared of what was going to happen. And then they completely came back because they were like, wait, I have savings. I have affiliate links and I'm still going to be making money online using social media. I am in a place where I can still afford having my coach and support. And it was such a crazy moment because we were like, oh my God, like our students are set up for a financial disaster like this. They had decreased overhead. They had removed their own personal debt. They had created savings. They had created investments and they were in a place where they were thriving. So not working for some of our students six months. I know you and I were out for six months. Our Canadian students, especially. Yeah, even longer. They were able to not only pay a subscription fee to stay in our program, they were able to still talk to us they were able to keep their business. They were able to help support their staff. They were able to make money and their staff be able to make money using the affiliate links because there were so many people still wanting to buy product and purchase and do their hair. Everyone really leaned into education. And I think that's something that we have to remember that yes, we're hearing this, but this isn't gonna be the first or the last time we do this. So are we gonna just be reactive beings that are constantly preparing for a recession? Or are we going to prepare for anything and everything that comes towards us and just constantly be recession-proof? I want to add to what you were saying because you touched on what I think is the most important point, which is the point of coaching, or the well, the, the proactive reason for coaching and why we do this is to set people up so they don't have to ride the roller coaster of the economy. They don't have to ride the roller coaster of hiring. They don't have to ride the roller coaster of recessions. Like, that's the whole point. Like, good business practices allow you to create stability when the rest of the world is going up and down. And I think that as humans, especially Americans, I think we love the nonsense a little bit. We're like, oh my God, the recession, because it gives us something to blame for why we can't hire, why we're not making money, why no one's coming. It's like, Okay, yes, you have that option. You can blame whatever you want to blame. You can blame the recession. You can blame taxes. You can blame the government. You can blame your mom. You can blame 
the fact that you have kids and they can't go to school and it's you can blame COVID. That's fine. You can do that. You have the right to blame anything. Or the other version, which is what we teach, is that, yes, those things can be true, but I can take responsibility for them and I can make changes and I can be proactive and I can be innovative and I can think differently. And I can do that long before chaos strikes. But we don't do that. We don't go to the gym until the doctor says you don't have a choice. We don't stop smoking until we can't breathe. We don't exercise. We don't pray until something's wrong. (laughs) We don't pray until we need a God, right? As humans, we just don't do things until there's a reason to do it. And a recession is a great reason to worry and to buy into other coaching programs and product companies. And you got to buy this course to learn about the recession. It's like, do you? Or could you have just been preparing your business to survive tumultuous landscapes at all times? Don't even get me started. We have not put a class out. All the classes that we, we put won't. out about finances <laughs> are to build your finances regardless of what's happening in the economy. Get out of debt, be able to fund your own businesses, be able to fund your own projects. A majority of our DTH students have all been able to fund their own salons and businesses because they've removed overhead. They streamline expenses and they were able to get themselves out of debt and not have to get a business loan to do something. But I keep seeing business coach after business coach in our industry and beyond and beyond preying on this recession. And first off, that's like <laughs> it's gatekeeping. And yes, I do agree that people have to pay for things. It's a little if manipulative. You have a business, but it's manipulative. Yes. Which is funny because I think people. I think there's a group of people out there that think that we're manipulative, DTH. I think we're disruptive and we say things that get people worked up, but I don't think we're manipulative. In fact, I think we're the opposite. I think that we empower people to think for themselves to the point where it's the opposite of manipulation. They're not doing what we say. They're doing what they think is right, and they brainstorm what's right with their coach. We will never be the company that says, oh, sign up for this class because of the recession. Like learn more about how to survive during this process. It's such, um, what's that word? The guy that goes out and says, you know, like, we're all doomed. Like, I feel like that's the doomsayers. Apocalyptic. uh, Apocalyptic. That's our new, that's going to be our new product (laughs) for recessions. Apocalyptic. If you wear this lipstick, life will be better. It will make you you feel better during the recession. I want to also kind of point out that, like, I'm not saying that the recession won't affect people. You you will, and we will. Everyone will feel waves and currents of income. What I want people to understand is that a lot of times what the recession does in a positive way, even though it doesn't feel positive, which is how proactivity usually works, it doesn't feel good, right? It doesn't feel good to be told that you need to start eating healthier, but it feels good to do it once you've once you start doing it. I think the recession is the same. The recession is really the economy telling people the way that you're doing things doesn't work anymore. Change. You only have two options. You either change and survive or you stay the same and you suffer. And we all live in both those worlds. There are some things that we're like ready to change. Got it. And then there are days where it's like, I can't make one more change. We hear this with students all the time. I've changed so many things. I don't know if I can do one more thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if my clients will be able to handle it. I don't know if my if my staff will be able to handle it. I don't know if I'll be able to handle it. But the funny thing is that, you know, with a coach, you have the choice. With a recession, you don't. 
Yeah. And that's why I think coaching is so powerful. With a coach, you have the choice to make these decisions before they're necessary. With things like the recession or chaos or economic collapse or whatever we want to call it, whatever frightening words you want to call it, that's just the world, the universe, the economy saying things have got to change and you have to think differently. And it's not impossible to do. People do it all the time. That's why we survive all of these recessions. And yes, there will be recessions that are worse than others. But to hope, pray, and think that if I just close my eyes tight enough and like white knuckle it, that I'm going to make it through, it really... And, and again, I, and I want to be clear again, I'm not saying get a coach. What I'm saying is don't get a coach during a recession. Get a coach when there is no recession mm-hmm. so that you can prepare yourself for the next dip in the economy and then it's not so harsh. But jumping into coaching when there's a recession... And then thinking that's going to save you, that's a bad decision as well. No, because we're going to do a lot of uncomfortable things that are going to be frightening. Like, it's easy to change when things are good. Yeah. I wanted to be able to leave kind of a little to-do list in this podcast of things that I want our listeners to start doing. The first thing I would suggest is go deep into your personal and your business expenses. Cut the fat immediately. I mean, that should be happening regardless. Like we teach our students recession or not to really streamline expenses. Like what are we spending our money on that's not bringing us back profit? Yeah, that's the that's the thing is like you're you're telling them a list that we've that this is the list we use. This isn't yeah. a recession list. This is the no. list. This is the <laughs> list that we've been saying prior to. Pandemic. And when we all make it through the recession, this will still be the list. <laughs> Absolutely, but cut the fat. Cut cut the expenses. I I see so many people stocking up on things that they don't need or all of a sudden spending all this money on product for a retail shelf that um, they have to sell at a discounted price. Like really look at what you're spending your money on and is what you're spending your money on bringing you back money? Because if it's not, get rid of it. We teach heavily to affiliate links and online marketplaces. And I was talking to a student the other day and she kept telling me that her clients won't use the affiliate link. And it clicked it clicks for me that when people hear affiliate links for your clients, they assume we're talking about the people in your chair. Mm-hmm. We are talking about them, but we're also talking about all your followers, past, present, and future. Your family, your friends. Like everyone who has exposure to your online presence. That those person in the clients. grocery store that says, what do you think of my hair? You're like, bah. Yeah, <laughs> right? It just clicked that I think when we say this, people think, my clients won't buy online, but you're limiting yourself to the people in your chair. When you do affiliate, you're unlimited. And I think that that unlimitedness is scary. I think it's hard to believe you can make thousands of dollars by not going into the salon Mm -hmm. as opposed to working day and night to make a couple thousand dollars a week. I think it it just kind of clicked that like, oh, and I had to explain to this person, no, 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 your clients aren't just the people in your salon. They're, they're anyone in the world who's watching you. You are influencing them to buy this thing that you suggest and you're getting paid for it. It doesn't have to just be the 100 people that you see a month or less, right? Or more maybe. But again, we're still kind of fighting the online sales renaissance revolution. Yeah. I love that you brought that up because that was that's actually the second thing on my list. And just to recap the first thing, which was cut the expenses, even look into your personal expenses of, I do this quarterly. 
regardless again of recession. I do this quarterly. I look at all the app subscriptions that I have. I look at all the subscriptions that I have in my bank account. And I'm like, what am I not even looking at? The other day I cut Paramount because I haven't watched it in over a month. I was like, why am I paying for a subscription when I'm not even- don't watch HGTV as much as I do. (laughs) No. So it was out of it. I, I, gone, bye. Like, and so- And you can get it later. Get it whenever you want. If I want it back, like I can, you know, but- even down to everything, I looked at like, okay, where am I spending money that I shouldn't? And I do this every month. The second thing was exactly what you're talking about, affiliate links. We call this make money in your sleep. If you're not utilizing some sort of affiliate link, even if it's not your main source of product that you're selling, have an affiliate link. I don't care what you have in your salon. We would suggest streamlining that as well. It's a whole different podcast episode. Uh, but for the sake of had. this one, yeah, but for the sake <laughs> of this one on, on steps that you can make, have an affiliate link. You should be able to be selling things online. And talk to your audience, not just the clients. Talk to the mm-hmm. whole world. Yeah. And and doing tutorials. Our students during pandemic and after were literally, specifically during pandemic, they were making anywhere from 4000 And one of our students ended up bringing like 8000 in a month on affiliate links. And she goes, that's more than I made in a month doing hair. And now I'm reconsidering everything. Like I was able to sit on my couch do my hair day to day like I normally did, show the products I used and make that kind of money. But that's the point. Like COVID, which was a recession and is still, we're still in the wake of that. COVID made us rethink everything. The people that survived it rethought everything. And the people that struggled, again, white knuckled, like I'm I'm not going to change. I'm going to stay the same. I can't wait for things to go back to normal. And... The people that were like, oh my God, I'm rethinking my whole life. I'm rethinking all the business decisions. I'm rethinking what I'm going to do with my future. Those people survived. And that's why I think we only had one salon in our coaching program shut down during COVID. Yeah. And I think they reopened. They did reopen. Yeah. And it wasn't actually COVID. It was some other issues. But Mm -hmm. they were having issues prior to COVID. COVID just... Yeah, exactly. Kicked it in the butt. But those people rethought everything and came back. It, it's funny too. A lot of our students that left the program for a while, they came back and they're like, "I implemented all the things you were talking about for the last three months." Mm-hmm. Right? It's like it's like COVID was the like the gate. What way. they needed for some people, COVID was about a lockdown emotionally, and for others, it was this opening up of like, "Oh, life can be different." Yeah, and not that it wasn't. Or awful. it has to be different. I have to do something different because. What I've been doing is not going to save me right now. Right. So again, not to, I, I know COVID was awful. I know we lost a lot of people, but I, I also want to be able to recognize it as for those who survived it successfully, that you can look at the resilience that you had. And I think that's really important. And I, I don't know why we don't think that will happen in all situations. I think there's a lot of trauma. We were so sideswiped with it to any sort of talk of anything similar is like, Ugh. And we're constantly reminding our students of like, you've done this before. You have the experience of, yeah. ex- of doing this now. You Use know, it. it's like when you fire your first person, firing someone is terrifying until you do it. And then you're like, oh, I've done it before. I have the experience. Oh, they're not going right. to punch me in the mouth mm-hmm. before they leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every person I talk to, they think when they fire someone, it's going to get physical. I'm like, yeah. what is going on? Why are we all thinking that firing is physical? And... The third thing that I would suggest always is to reduce your debt. We have a great class called Save Your Way to 101K. With Joy LeMay. With Joy LeMay. It's in our community. 
it's on a curriculum, but even if you're not taking that class, there's no reason why you shouldn't be looking at your credit card debt right now and focusing everything, even if it means a lifestyle change, into paying off that debt, building your credit score, and getting to a place of a clean slate. This doesn't mean, I know a lot of people are like, oh, what about student loans or things like that? I, I, I'm mostly focusing on like debt that you can manage. I feel like student loans are long-term debt planning, but things like overusage of your credit cards, that's gonna really impact your score, having anything in collections, really cleaning all that up. Once you've cleaned all that up, then all that money that you were using to pay off your debt should now be put in a savings account and it's non-negotiable. Yeah, because where there's debt, if you have savings and you have debt, you don't have savings. Yeah, because you're you just owe not it. paying off your debt. Yeah, because you <laughs> owe it. So it's really important to, yes, I understand having money so that you, if you need it, but if you have the privilege and opportunity of throwing large amounts of money at debt, this is your sign. Even small amount counts, anything, but it has to be a lot of effort and a lot of restriction. You have to really, like I said, it's a lifestyle shift to get out of it. I spent two years, 2018 into 19, and that was my goal, is to completely transform my credit score. And it took that long because I couldn't throw big amounts of money at it. I had to do it small. And now, 2020 and 2021 was all about building my savings account because I was debt-free. So I was able to use all that money that I was using to pay debt. I continued to pay it out, but to myself. And that was an awesome moment to be able to look at my bank account and be like, I did that and I'm debt free and my credit score is where I want, but it took work. And I think a lot of people aren't willing to do that work. Well, the other thing too, is like once, once people pay off debt, they kind of go, I'm never going to get into debt again. It's like, and then they're like, Oh, I can use this credit card. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, debt is not bad. If you can, sometimes you take out debt to actually build your credit. Sometimes, you know, Absolutely. like if you can pay, if you can pay off your debt at the end of each month, then it's not debt. It's your use. A home is a debt. A car is a debt. Yeah, but, it's but also you're an paying investment. it. Yeah. So I, I think some people are like, I have zero debt and I don't want to buy a house. and I don't want to buy a car. and I don't want to do anything because I don't want to be. It's like you got out of debt so you could get ahead. I always tell people, if you have been in debt and it scared the shit out of you, you don't have to worry so much anymore because you will never forget. You'll never forget mm-hmm. that's that feeling. You don't have to like hold on to it so tightly. It you'll always remember what it's like to be in debt and you'll never get there again. So many people are afraid to save. Like they're afraid to put $500 in their savings account because their checking account might get down to 100 before their next paycheck. And I remind people all the time that it's still your money. It, if for some reason you needed to pull it, you could pull it. But I think people reactively pull it because they see the number shift. And so I always say like, you can't pull it until like, you can't put, you can't pay your bills, then it's pullable, right? But I think people freak out about putting Also that's what savings, savings is for. Exactly. <laughs> I, so, then I have people that are the opposite. They are like, I have $75,000 in savings. I don't want to use it. It's like, that's okay. Like I get it, but you also- You can't take it with you. But also like that <laughs> is the point of savings that you mm-hmm. have the money for the things you need. And then you can rebuild it. I don't know. It's just, we don't have a very healthy understanding of money. Most of it's us. true. It's all based on having too much or too little. We're kind of like Goldilocks. Like, how much is enough? We don't really know. And if it's not enough, we get freaked out. And if it's too much, we also get freaked out. And I think, again, money, like the economy, we have to get used to like the ebbs and flows and 
that's why coaching is important before things like a recession because you get into the mindset. It's like people that practice mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Then when when shit hits the fan, that's when you're able to tap into what you've been working on. I know that a lot of us find mindfulness or spirituality or other things because of chaos, but it's not going to fix that chaos. It's only going to help you with the next one. So I think it's the same with coaching and understanding money. Like if you didn't prepare for this recession, it's going to be a rough one. Yeah. That's okay. You're not going to die. It's going to be okay. You know how to work. We are lucky hairdressers that we have hands and we have scissors and we can work anywhere. And though it gets tough, again, the economy is cyclical. It does change and shift and ebb and flow. So I think the biggest thing I wanted people to get out of today was some reassurance that like, okay, there's a recession and the steps I can take to protect myself are the same steps that I would be taking even if there wasn't a recession. The recession just makes it more obvious that you need to make changes. And again, there are two people in the world, those who can look at the recession as an opportunity to change and those who can look at it as an opportunity to stay the same. And I know that there are people out there that live below the poverty line and a recession affects them the most. And these are things that we can help out with, but we also always have to pay attention to how this affects us. We have to kind of put the mask on ourselves first and then we can help other people. So don't don't go into like, uh, oh, it's all gonna come crashing down. I need to like pull my money out of this and put my money over here and I need to close my salon because it's not gonna work. I had someone ask like if hourly pricing was a bad thing for the recession. I think, again, like all of our methods, I think hourly pricing is the smartest thing for the recession. Mm-hmm. You've got to make things simple. You got to make things easy for people to spend money, not more difficult. And I think, I think it's also been proven. I don't know, statistically speaking, I think I've heard this from multiple big beauty brands. Maybe it's propaganda that people spend more money locally during recessions than they yes. do when there isn't a recession. Well, guess what? We're local. We're hairdressers. We're local. And we're in front of people and we're face to face. We're loco and local. <laughs> so it's going to affect our industry differently. And it may have some benefits to our industry. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you all remember, but when COVID hit, people were real pissed that they couldn't see their hairdressers. So I don't think we're ever going to be out of a job, hopefully. Well, even in the recession back in 2008, hairdressers had to make shifts for sure. But... I was broke in 2008. I was 18 and I started working at a salon. I made more money than I ever made in my, like than I had ever made in yeah. my life. That's my point. I was really successful during that recession. Why? Because people want to feel good during a time that they can't. And I say this all the time to people. Like you will have someone sit in your chair and spend $100 and the whole time they're sitting in your chair bitch and complain about their finances, yet they're still choosing to sit in your chair and still choosing to give you a whole bunch of money. Do not feel bad about people's poor money management yeah. issues. And don't, not your problem. Don't confuse their bitching and complaining about relating to you. They, they're bitching. They're just venting. They're just venting. And they're just, and that's the funny thing too, is like, oh, my client always talks about money problems, so I feel bad. It's like, no, your client's just talking about money problems and hopefully, I hope this is true, but most of the time, I think they're like, yeah, I'm still going to pay you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still going to get my massage. I'm still going to get my nails done. I'm still going to get my hair done. But I'm still going to complain that I have money issues. Because we make people feel good. 
And I think that's the part that people are forgetting is that when the world feels like shit and gas prices are high and debt is overrun, people want to spend their money on what makes them feel good. We don't give people a happy ending. We give them a hairy ending. (laughs) Is that funny? That's the end of the episode. We're done. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. Next time on Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. It's okay if someone chooses it thinks you're too expensive for them that's okay it's okay that doesn't mean you lower your prices because i think that's the next thing is like oh my god someone said i was too expensive yeah for that person you know how many other people are in your community that you are not talking to i think that's what we have to remember 